start a series of three sermons today, next week, and we end on Pentecost Sunday. And what we're going to do and focus on in these three sermons is talk about U-turns. We all know what a U-turn is. We're driving along and suddenly it dawns on us that we're going in the wrong direction. We need to turn around. We stop at a traffic light, we survey the situation and carefully pull the car around to the opposite direction. Did you ever think that congregations need a U-turn as well? Have you ever thought that perhaps a Christian congregation could be going the wrong way in one direction and need to turn around and make a U-turn in the direction that they are heading to head back to where they came from? As you're driving along, when is the moment that you decide to make a U-turn? Any answers? When you realize you're not going in the right direction. Oh, two seconds. When you realize that you're not going in the right direction or that you won't get to where you want to go by the route that you're taking. Now, yes, there's adventurous in adventure in all of us, and sometimes we can just say, well, let's just stay on this road and see where it leads and just go with the flow. But still, you will never reach where you set out to go if that is indeed your plan, your pure life goal. But when might a Christian congregation need to make a U-turn? When might that moment come when the congregation decides, hey, The face of Christianity in congregations is changing in the United States. From even before the COVID pandemic, many are closing. Congregations most in trouble lie on the both coasts, the east coast and west coast of our country. In Contra Costa alone, two have closed since I've been here, and that's been four years. In San Jose, four are on the verge of closing. San Jose, Mountain View, Oregon. Culturally, the USA has followed an inevitable social, cultural, and political pattern of Europe and has entered what is known as post-Christian era. This era is marked by a falling away from the Christian faith in increasing numbers. This era is marked by a growing hatred for what has been solid Judeo-Christian values in society. In short, less people are worshiping and even less are committed in memberships to any congregation. Whereas before, worship provided fellowship for a Christian community, such as our own, with the same faith and scriptural teaching, homogeneous social values, worshipers go today to look to be entertained, not participate necessarily in the life of the congregation, but seek out individually spiritual uplifting, consuming spirituality on their own terms. In addition, this pandemic has aggravated the situation. Already, congregational leaders are concerned with those who have grown accustomed to waking up, grabbing a cup of coffee, or eating breakfast while watching worship. Can you have done that? I couldn't. Otherwise, I'd have to share with you. 
Not only that, but the selection of worship venues also has increased. Because of the pandemic, you can go to any number of spots at any number of times and witness a live service. People all over the world can tune in to a service as well. This pandemic contributes to the trend that most people can see their Christianity online and individually. And they search online themselves for spiritual advice. You have a problem? Let's go online and Google it. Considering these and other changes, since congregations usually continue in the same way that they've always been accustomed to, it appears even more will be closing. The usual reasons, unable to sustain the financial burden of building maintenance, will probably remain. Has something gone wrong? Have we taken a wrong turn? Are we, are we heading in a dangerous dead end? The question that emerges under these challenges is this. How do these congregations know when they need to make a leap? And what will happen, have to happen, to make that leap? Will they turn on their own? Do they have to be awakened to something? Would that be more challenging than they have been now? Will they be conscious of their their place in society? What might the congregations begin to examine in this phenomenon? Be it from before or after the pandemic, when a congregation struggles with dwindling numbers to the point that neither the building can be maintained or the ministry continues, self-examination begins and congregations begin to question their direction and any necessary turns that they need to make. And usually they think they've been doing something wrong because they often say, well, well, this worked before, but now there are less worshipers. What's going on? No children, no young adults, no committees. It's not uncommon that a congregation's first reaction is that they must change something to do something additional or different, more contemporary, to attract more people to come to church, rather than begin by questioning the main reason for the congregation's existence seek to hold on to what they have. They don't want it to end. That's right. They want it to continue the way they've always done things. In the congregations that have closed in the area, this is what has happened. To continue in the road that they've always traveled, the congregation is concerned, metaphor, of having enough oil and gas to operate the plant. This then becomes the journey and the destination. The reason for the congregation's existence when they think this way is to preserve what they have. To find something that fills the pews, once again, would be a key to generating the needed finances to preserve the building, the survival of the building. And the congregation, as they have always known it, to remain on the road that they've always been on, continuing in that familiar course not unlike our own spiritual journey. When some people feel low, sad, alone, or whatever, they go to church. Maybe they haven't been in a while. And they think, well, maybe that's what's missing from my life. And of course, this is where you do go, but some people go simply because, one, they've always gone before, and they feel, well, maybe I can get back on the right track if I start going again. Two, 
a happy place, then I need some happiness in my life then. Or three, it might bring me good luck and calm my conscience. Four, it gives me an emotional boost for the week. Five, I have friends now. Are these bad in and of themselves? No. But the correct reason, however, is because church should turn your life around. Church should take you in another direction. Not because of the music. Not because of the handsome pastor. Not because of the donuts and the coffee. But because of God's Word. God's Word is what turns your life around. He calls you back to Him. Confession. Absolution. The Lord's Supper. We remember our baptism. We remember to whom we belong. And God operates the same way as congregation. If a congregation's reason for existence is to have projects that will fill pews so that the congregation's building will survive, then the congregation's goal of ministry and outreach is building maintenance and survival. And if this is the case, we've gotten off on the wrong end. They need to make a U-turn, a spiritual U-turn. But where is the corner for the congregation to make that turn? And how does the congregation make the U-turn? Well, Scripture is our roadmap. And there are themes throughout our lessons today. Take Peter in Acts chapter 10, which is the highlighted sections in your bulletin. So Peter opened his mouth and talked to people about Jesus and the prophecies from the Old Testament coming to fruition in the person of Christ. These were Jews. They were oppressed by the Romans. They needed to hear some good news. They needed to have their lives turned around. And Peter says, after his sermon, he, meaning Jesus, commanded us to preach and to testify that he is the one appointed by God to be judge of the living and the dead and that everyone who believes in him receives forgiveness of sins through his name. The primary purpose of Peter, founder of the church with the other 12, primary purpose of the congregation is to announce, teach, sing, preach, share through words and actions the law, judgment, the gospel, salvation. It is through this time of the world that people come to faith people congregate to worship and praise. The congregation is not a club of do-gooders. It is a fellowship of sinners who have been forgiven and want to tell others of the good news of Jesus. Congregations don't recruit do-gooders. They recruit people who are broken to form personal relationships with Christ. Congregations bring Christ others and meet community needs. John writes in his first letter, he reminds us that the victory that has overcome the world is not the congregation and his activities, but the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God. Simple. Faith is the conquering hero, the one who adds to the kingdom of God, the one who adds to the fellowship in any congregation. And John in his gospel, chapter 15, the great chapter on I am the vine and you are the branches, Jesus charts the course for any congregation with these words. I tell you these things, that my joy may be in you and that your joy may be full. This 
is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. The congregation's reason for existence is to show God's love to all, so that the congregation may have their joy fulfilled in bringing Christ to others and meeting the needs in this community. The congregation travels down the road of self-sacrificial love for the good of those in need, even to the point of losing their life. Their belongings, they even wear holes. What they have held to so cherishingly, a congregation cherishes the gospel and not their possessions. And Jesus charts the congregation's course with these words, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you go and bear fruit, and that your fruit should abide, so that whatever you ask in the Father's name, he will give it to you. The good news of Jesus Christ is the exclusive gift of the congregation. No one else in the world can give this message except those who have been born anew and their lives have turned around. They're appointed to bear fruit. Now, this does not mean that a congregation is appointed to fill the pews or to maintain the building. This is not the fruit that Jesus is talking about. It is, employed, it is appointed to show the message of Jesus Christ through word and action so that the Holy Spirit, who works through the word, brings faith into the hearts of those who hear. The fruit of faith and salvation is what Jesus is talking about. And this is his guarantee, that the fruit will abide. In other words, the congregation will find success in bringing Christ to others and meeting the needs of the community. And this is guaranteed because wherever we pass, in the Father's name, in, in Jesus' name, he will give to the church. I know, right? Well, I asked, Jacob, I asked, I remember praying for a new 1967 Ford Mustang. Obviously, it's out of context, right? But it helps to look at that part first to understand what Jesus is talking about here. It's best to look at that part. Thy will be done is what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. Thy will be done. What is his will? That we bear good fruit of faith. How are we going to do it? He's going to give us anything and everything we need to do that. Ask and it will be given to you. To preach and teach and sing and praise and worship and bring Christ to others and meet the needs in the community. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And he does it through congregation. When is it time to make the U-turn? When a congregation has walked out of its primary goal. To bring Christ to others and to meet the needs of those around them. So many congregations that have closed have done so because they could no longer maintain the building. What if they had made a U-turn from the way they were on? As well, so many congregations remain open only because they have strategized renting out their facilities or portions of it to have their income able to maintain it. This is what's happened. The building 
out of providing, bring Christ to others and meet the needs of the community. Ah, there's a response. It's a gospel response. With that question alone, you turn around. You and I make money for other people. The congregation makes needs in other people. It's called confession and repentance. That's our U-turn. The Greek word used for repentance is the desire to not continue walking in the direction that we're walking, but to return back to God for forgiveness, to renew your mind. It's the literal translation. It's a U-turn back to God. It begins with repentance, asking God to forgive the direction and attitude of the heart. And perhaps congregations need to confess this to God, that many times their concerns about surviving and financial solvency and maintaining beautiful buildings, consuming fun, and sometimes churchish fellowship, acknowledge these things can turn congregations right around to once again realize that our goal is as all congregations to bring Christ in whom we have found our needs and our strength and abiding in love and let that faith of love shine in the community. Now, I'm not talking about this. I'm including this, but I'm talking because of the congregations that have been process of examination of your goal and your call as a congregation. We've just come out of a pandemic. We're starting a new one. We only have two Sundays in the last 14 months that we've been together. It's a fresh start. We can look at things a new way. Let us pray that all Christian churches examine themselves and make a necessary U-turn to refocus on the reason for their existence, the gospel of Christ. May all Christian congregations put their faith where their mouths are and be Christ-centered in their preaching, meeting the needs of the community in whatever